Welcome to the 99, episode 6. Today, we have yet another very special guest in our first ever remote interview. Today's guest is a producer at 610 CKTB Niagara News Radio. He is also a writer for the hockey writers covering Leafs, Prospects, and World Junior Championships. He is also my brother in suffering as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Today's guest, Alex Hobson. Welcome, Alex, to the 99 Podcast. How's it going? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. Um, I'm just wondering how you're doing on this expansion draft list day. You know, I I, I got to say it's kind of it, it's kind of concerning how quickly I went from what an incredible move to what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little. I, I love the Jared McCann trade yesterday, but I'm I don't understand the reasoning behind exposing both him and Kerfoot, and I'm trying real hard to wrap my head around it and. Um, I just really hope that Seattle doesn't take Jared McCann because uh, I I, th- I think he could be a vital piece for the Leafs next year. Yeah, yeah, he looks pretty good. He does. Um, I seen a decent point from uh, I think it was Brian, the one and only Brian. Um, Brian, yeah. He said if you think about it, like I don't think he's a huge Hall fan or anything like that, but he said it looks like we're losing Bogosian. And then if you add Hall to that, it's just, bam, two-thirds of your right side is gone. Um, hopefully, Lily is up next year. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm I'm a little stunned by it, too. But I'm just trying to wait wait and see what's going to freaking happen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. And uh, truthfully, if, if they got to take Dermot or if they take Kerfoot, I don't care. I just, I don't want to see... I don't want to see Jared McCann get claimed by Seattle after we gave up an asset for him. That's my that's yeah. my biggest issue. It, it's funny. I was thinking about Philip Hollander. Like it was either yesterday or the day before. I was thinking not many people are talking about him, and I'm wondering when's this guy gonna? When are mm-hmm. we gonna see a, a good camp yeah. from him? And yeah, I mean he's he spent the last couple of seasons in. Uh, in Sweden. So I don't think he's really touched North American ice before. I think he's a decent prospect, but probably caps out at a, at a, at a third line center, maybe like a, a low end second line center. If he's, if he's lucky, yeah. but um, I, I thought it was an, I, I thought it was a good price to give up for, for Jared McCann. And that's why it just, it was so baffling to me when Dubas exposed him today. I just, um, yeah, I, I, I really liked McCann's production last year and I like that he can play up on both sides of the puck. And I like the fact that he's got some really nice explosive speed to his game as well. Um, and he's making less than Kerfoot right now. So I, there, yeah. there's a lot to like about Jared McCann. And I just, I, I pretty much, I, uh, to be completely honest, I pretty much spent the last 24 hours just raving about him nonstop. Like I was thinking <laughs> about the, thinking about the trade before I went to bed. I was thinking about it as soon as I got up this morning. And then when they, when they announced they were exposing him, it just, it didn't sit right with me. So. Would you consider him a third liner or a second? I would consider him to be a third line center or a top six winger. Um, I, I, I think he sort of fits the bill with uh, the, the same bill that Alex Kerfoot fits onto in that yeah. sense. They can both uh, be your third line center or they can play in the top six. Having said that, I do think McCann has a lot more to give offensively. He scored at pretty much the same pace Hyman did this year. Finished yeah. with 32 points in 43 games. So that was much That's better pretty than good, Kerfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So um, you might not like this, but I thought it was funny. I I tweeted this out. Oh, you did like it. You did Maybe. like it. I just remembered that the which uh, one. Um, so the Baghead Brigade and more statistical people both have the same love for third liners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so true, man. It's so true. Like them, um, them guys, they might like. Uh, not Wayne Simmons per se, or Josh Anderson, guys like that. And then mm-hmm. on the statistical oh, yeah. side, you usually love find those guys them. as long as you're as long as you're six foot four. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> Did um, you see that one? Uh, Jared McCann only had like blah 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 penalty. Minutes. Oh my god, that was the dumbest, absolute dumbest <laughs> thing. Yeah, I, I I completely forgot that penalty minutes helped you win games. I guess. Yeah, that was just that was disappointing. <laughs> um. Not surprising, though. Unfortunately, um, no. When you were when you were bringing up a tweet that you put out that I liked, I, I thought you were uh, I thought you were going to talk about your all, my all time favorite one of yours when you said that Frank Cervalli looks like Jonah Hill's dad. <laughs> Dude, I killed myself laughing when you said that. Oh. Uh, I wonder if he ever saw that. I wonder. I I don't know. I feel like that's something you would he would take in stride. Honestly, if someone told me I looked like Jonah Hill's dad, I feel like I'd take it as a compliment. Oh, he 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 really does look like he looks like Jonah Hill, but with gray hair. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I do want to get back to hockey, um, but I see in your Twitter bio it says you're a producer at six ten CKTB. Yes, sir. So how the heck did you get into that? And like, has that been something you've been aiming for for a while? Yeah. Well. I mean, I'm going to school for broadcasting right now. So any and anything that I can do to get my get my feet in the water, dip my feet in the water, and get into the industry, I'll I'll take. And uh, the TA in one of my one of my classes in, in first year and a little bit in second year as well. Um, what what I'm doing now is his job. Like he's a he basically goes into the station during the week and he'll produce radio shows. And um, I guess they were looking to add a student just to just to take some take some time from the other, take some hours from the people that were uh, going in every week. So I only do, I, I'm a bit of a freelancer. Like I only go in and work two shifts uh, every other week on the weekends. Okay. But the way I see it, I've heard firsthand from people in my program, how hard it is to find work um, outside of it just after graduating even. So the yeah. fact that I've got, I was able to get a paid job um, in the industry uh, before I even enter my final year of school, I mean, it's something that I don't take for granted. And, uh, even if it's only two shifts a week, it's a very, it's, it's one of those jobs that doesn't feel like work. So, uh, what does a producer do in radio? Well, essentially what I do is, uh, I'm the only one in the building typically because the shows that I produce the hosts, uh, they're, they're, they're working remotely still cause of COVID. So, yeah. Um, basically all I do is I, I, I go to the studio and I've got the soundboard in front of me and I will basically make sure the show is on time. I will, uh, I'll, I'll play the bumper music to, to lead the hosts into their bits. I will, um, I'll, I'll record interviews that they bring, like interviews that they do with guests and stuff. And I'll edit the interviews out and I'll upload them to the websites. Uh, I'll record weather forecasts sometimes as well. Uh, just basically just all the dirty work for, for, for the, for these shows, everything that's not actually being on the air and talking. Okay. And yeah. is, is, so how long have you known you wanted to be in radio? Um, I think there's always been a part of me that's that's really wanted to do something in in some capacity in this industry because 
I've been writing about hockey ever since I was 15 years old, right? And I'm 21 now, so that's that's a good yeah. six years of doing that. And uh, I, I wasn't entirely sure what exactly I wanted to do out of school, so I didn't actually go into broadcasting right away. It took a couple of years to work for my dad. And then uh, I, I realized, I actually, what happened was um, my local rock radio station, um, they, 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 they would do this segment called uh, Killer Album Playback. And basically what they yeah. what they would do is they would get... Uh, listeners to email them their favorite album and explain why you why they like the album so much and then each week the station would pick one of these albums and play it front to back on a Sunday so I did that just for just for fun I sent in uh, Allied Forces by Triumph it's one of my one of my favorite albums one of the first rock albums that I actually listened to and um uh, I, I I sent it in. I gave my spiel. I was like, my dad was a big Triumph fan growing up, and he kind of got me into their music and stuff. And the guy, the, the station manager, actually responded to me and asked if I wanted to come into the studio and do like a do a little promo for it. And oh, no way. I, I was a little blown away by this because you know I was only like eighteen at the time, and I. I had been listening to Killer Album Playback, but I had never heard anyone go on to do a promo. So I was like, oh, maybe this is something new. I'm totally down to do this. So I went to the station and they had me basically just read out this script and uh, do this little promo about my um, uh, about the album. And uh, I recorded the whole thing. I actually got to go meet one of my one of the announcer, one of the hosts that did an afternoon drive show. And uh, just being in that environment, I think right then and there is when I realized, you know, I got to get out of what I'm doing now and I got to get into radio because I just yeah. I, I love the concept of just storytelling in some capacity and like sharing your passion with other people and talking and interviewing people. I just love everything about the industry. So um, I, I kind of knew right then and there when I was in the studio and I was actually I actually stepped foot in that environment for the first time. I was like, yeah, this is definitely something that I'd like to do full time. That's that's awesome. Actually, my my it's funny you mentioned that rock station because my next question was based around that. Um, I was going to ask you if you would rather work in a sports radio station or uh, a rocks a rock station where you're running the show. Um, if it came down to those two sports for sure, because my ultimate end all goal is to be in, is to work in sports media. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been writing about the Leafs and writing about hockey since I was 15. And uh, I think to be able to work as a beat reporter and to get to go to all the games and, and interview players and interview coaches and write stories and stuff that, that is my end all like end game dream job. Um, having said that though, I, I, I'd like an opportunity to do both. I know that for a lot of people that are in this, a lot of people that are in the industry, uh, they try their hand at a bunch of different jobs because everything from TV to radio is all kind of lumped into one big field of media. So uh, I'm not counting out. I think it would be cool to, you know, work in a rock radio station and kind of run my own show and, 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 do something like that. Having said that, I also think it would be really cool to, uh, I, I, it would just be my end goal job to be working in sports media. So overall probably sports, but I, I, I'd like to try both for sure. Who's your, uh, favorite beat reporter? <sighs> you know, man, you can't go wrong with Chris and Shelton. I really, really like the way really? she does her job. Oh you, yeah. 
You knocked that out. I I thought you were gonna say Chris Johnson. Oh shoot! You know what, Chris Johnson? Now you're making me think. Um, <laughs> see, here's the thing, though. It's like Kristen Shilton strikes me as more of a beat reporter, while Chris Johnson strikes me more of an analyst. Like Chris uh, Johnson, you see in the Sportsnet studio, and he's he he can break trades and he'll make predictions. Where yeah. Kristen Shilton kind of just uh, she she just covers the Leafs and she travels with the team and writes stories on them. So I do go to her page whenever. Yeah. I'm looking to see what's the lineup. I, I, I really like records. the I really like the way that she uh, that she peels quotes from players when she interviews them. I like I think she she makes a really good effort to go and uh, get like real meaningful long quotes from players and when she interviews them after games and stuff. And uh, yeah, um, I like that. I, I respect that part about her and how she how she goes about it. I think it's really interesting. I uh, something I've observed about her is you can see the fan that she's a Leafs fan in her, in her tweets, some of her tweets, it's like, she's a fan tweeting during the game. Like, yeah. But the power play, like, what are we doing boys or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. It's. And you know, that's another part of part about her that I respect because I feel like if I was in that position, I'd be doing the same thing. I know that if you're working in if you're working in media, you kind of got to be in uh you got to be an unbiased voice, but Fuck, man. I mean, if I was, if I had to sit back and report on those games and I was watching that disaster of a power play, I'd probably voice my concerns about it too. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. More of a Joe Bowen than a. Yep. <laughs> Jim a little Houston. bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you've got a podcast, The Shanna Clan, right? Yes. Yes, I do. How, how's that going? Um, truth be told, <laughs> this is, I, I, this is going to make me sound like a, uh, like I've got zero motivation, but ever since the Leafs were eliminated in game seven, uh, we have not recorded a single episode. Yeah. I've just, I mean, uh, overall though, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. I really like doing the Shanna Clan podcast with my, uh, one of my, uh, it's one of my roommates from college a couple of years ago. So okay. he's, uh, him and I run the podcast, Mark Vanderlucht. He's not on Twitter. Um, but we do the show together and, uh, it's, it's typically a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing it, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, since ever since the season ended, we just have not had any motivation to, to, to record any episodes. It's a, it's, it's probably not the right thing to say, but, uh, and you know, I've truth be told, I've jumped on a couple different podcasts. I've, I, I've done some interviews with other people. I just, in terms of running the, running my own show and producing and, and, you know, get getting our own guests and stuff. I just, the least have not given me any reason to want to put that kind of effort in for them. So <laughs> I, I totally get that yeah. after that, uh, I had a big playoff beard going. Um, and, uh, after the game, I went right to the bathroom and shaved it off. Um, <laughs> and I didn't listen. I was listening to nonstop Leafs pods all oh, day, boy. every day leading up to every game. And, after that, I I don't think I listened to a podcast. Um, no, I still haven't listened to one. I did listen to a little bit of a lamenting the Leafs one, right? About a month after, and I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. I just started listening to the Steve Dangle podcast again yesterday, and that was only because I was driving. I I had to, I had to drive to my job, and it was a bit of a commute, so um, needed something to listen to. You made it through. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been my Leafs content has just been all Twitter yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything's driving me crazy right now. I, yeah, I don't know how I can watch another regular season. 
um, 82 games. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know what I, the, where I'm at with that is I, I just, I told myself that, and this is the, you know, people always say, Oh, Leaf fans say this every year, but I, I, I just told myself this year, I am not letting myself get too invested in the regular season. I will, yeah. don't get me wrong. I will, I, I already know that I'm going to sit my ass down in front of the TV and watch every single game, and I'm going to cheer for them when they score. I'm going to be the same <laughs> Lee fan that I always am, but you will never, ever, ever catch me saying something along the lines of this is our year midway through the season. You'll never well, hear me say that. this year felt so much like it, Dude, so it was just I was, crushing. I was telling people that they, that it was either going to be a first-round exit or they would win the Cup this year. There was no yeah. in between, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, not surprisingly, but unfortunately, <laughs> it was it, it proved to be the former. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, you'll never hear me say I think they have a good chance of winning the cup this year, or I think they have a good chance of you know even advancing a fucking round. I just, I'm not, I, I'm not, no, I, until they until they advance past the first round, I am not going to be. Um, I'm not going to be making any claims. I'm not going to be saying, yeah, they're, they're doing this and they're going to make, uh, they're going to make noise this year because I know what they're capable of. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a yin and yang then. It is really is not looking forward. To, not looking forward to another game seven. They got to do it in less than no, seven games. Exactly. I remember, uh, Oh geez, I forget who it was. Um, I think it was. I think it was. Um, do you remember seeing that thing where all the uh, all the Sportsnet hosts and anchors and all them dropped their predictions for Leafs and Habs, and every Leafs, single one of them. Leafs. Yeah. Yep. My favorite part about that was how Eric Engels, the uh, the Habs reporter, uh, yeah. he he said Leafs in seven, and he was the only one to say Leafs in seven. Everyone else said Leafs in six or Leafs in five, and I yeah. just remember. I, I I remember just thinking like Eric. Buddy, Leafs do not win game sevens. It, you yeah. either got to say you either got to say Leafs in six or Habs in seven because the yeah. Leafs are not going to win a game seven. And yeah, um, and then on top of that, I think I saw something else. Uh, who was it? Who who was it? I think it was Zach Bogosian after game six. He said something along the lines of, "We need to come out and play game six like it's our game seven. And I was like. Zach, I know you're new here, man, but we should absolutely not be treating their game six like it's a game seven. Yeah. <laughs> and but, look what happened. So, yeah, I, uh, I seen a clip of reporting about him that part of the reason he's not thinking he doesn't want to resign here is the COVID restrictions in Ontario. Uh, I, you know, if they, if the COVID restrictions are the same in October as they are now, then I can't blame them. But I have reason yeah. to believe they, they'll probably they'll probably loosen up a little bit by that. Seems but, to be coming around. Yeah, a little bit. Just good. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been wanting to go to Red Lobster for. I've never been there. Never tried lobster. Uh, I think it was right just before the start of COVID. I was planning on going to Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. It's been almost two, it's been a year and a half. I haven't made it out. I My have, wife brought me a gift certificate for there for our uh, anniversary. So planning to go there soon. If it makes you feel any better, I haven't been to Red Lobster either. There used to be a Red Lobster like five minutes down the street from me and I never went once. So, Oh, the closest one, I've got to make a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, so you're, the, it would be a full on road trip for you then. Like you would yeah. make a, you would make, you would commute for the Red Lobster. Hey man, like, I mean, if you haven't tried it before, why not? 
you know where North Bay is? Yes, sir. So I'm like hour and a half north of North Bay. Where Where are you? Uh, so there's ta- there's like they call it the Tri Towns, Timiskaming Shores. I live in Helleberry specifically. Oh, okay. There's New Liskard beside us and Cobalt. They're all just kind of huh. bunched together. I thought you were living in Thunder Bay for some reason. I don't know why. No, no way. I was going to say, because when you said North Bay, I was like, I'm pretty sure Thunder Bay is a little further than two and a half hours from North yeah, Bay. Yeah, no, I am not from Thunder yeah. Bay. Okay, well, I there we Thunder go. Thunder Bay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I do know where North Bay is. I, I, I've i got a cottage on Manitoulin Island. And, uh, okay. We, uh, yeah, so uh, we, we don't drive through North Bay, but we drive by it every time we go. We, we drive up and we don't take the ferry, so... Okay, um, so I see you're writing for the Hockey Writers. Yes, now. sir. Um, I know you used to write for the great editor in Leaf, because um, I used yep. to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it's a little bit different. You want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna slander EIL too much because you know the thing is, is I really, I really. I enjoyed most of my time there. I met some great people working at EIL. Pretty much everyone that's moved on to the Leafs Nation between, you know, Mike Stevens, Nick Barden, uh, uh, Michael Mazzei, the Leafs IMO, uh, Dylan Murphy. Like, I met a lot of great writers there that eventually moved on to bigger and better things. And uh, I'm still in contact with a lot of them. But, yeah, I just – the hockey writers, as far as things go, um, just – it's hands down the best outlet I've ever written for. It's It's – the um the professionalism between the people who run the website and the uh the, the writers is just next level everything is so organized everyone is super nice and uh always encourage asking questions and they're they're making moves like they're starting to they're they're starting to kind of ramp up their coverage like it's it's sort of moving past the point where they're just like you know a a place for fans to air their grievances and they're kind of moving on to a legitimate a legitimate source we actually had a yeah. uh, one of our habs contributors was actually covering the stanley cup final he was actually at the games really so, yeah and it was if that was a first in the hockey raiders history we'd never had somebody uh somebody from that website be at uh covering up covering a stanley cup final game so are so. you a leafs leafs contributor yep so i I applied there back in October of 2020 because that was just after I'd left EIL and I was looking for a new place to write. And I've been a fan of the hockey writers for as long as I can remember. I was, I, I was actually, when I started writing at 15 years old, I used to send my articles to uh, one of the least contributors that was, uh, that worked there. And uh, I'm still in touch with the guy today. I, I'll still send him my stuff occasionally. And I just, I would get him to like read over my content. So yeah, I've always been a big fan of the hockey writers and that the content that they produce. And so I decided to apply there and they said that they were, that they, they were sort of on, they were sort of blocked up on the Leafs front. They had too many contributors there. So they offered a couple of other teams and one of them was Colorado. And so I would consider Colorado to probably be my second favorite team. If I had to pick one, uh, obviously it's the Leafs before everyone else, but I, yeah. I, I really like Colorado's team. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. So I said, I'd cover them. And then, uh, I kind of mentioned to them that I was a big fan of writing about prospects in the draft and the world juniors and stuff like that as well. So, um, I helped out with the world junior coverage. I covered Colorado for a couple months and then a spot opened up on the Leafs team and they came back to me and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. That's a, that's a lot of work, like prospects and stuff. That's something I could never put the time into. And I'll just have to take everybody else's word for on it. See, but you a lot know of you writers, like, 
do a lot of work looking at those prospects. <clears throat> you know what, man? I'd strongly recommend making an effort to try and get into that a little more. And the only reason I say that is because it makes being a hockey fan so much more fun. It feels like there's never an off season because when the draft comes around, obviously you're dialed into the draft and that's all you're thinking about. The world juniors feels like Christmas to me. Like I, 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 (laughs) Christmas, exactly. When the world juniors come around and it's like, Oh, you know, Christmas Eve is gone. Christmas day is gone. Boxing day is here. And now we've got five, six days straight of international hockey. And it's, uh, I, I, I just love covering prospects. I love, uh, I, I love the feeling of seeing of, of following guys' careers right from the very beginning and seeing seeing players like, you know, even with all this chatter about Gabriel Landeskog lately, um, I'm a Kitchener native and he used to play for the Kitchener Rangers. And oh, yeah, so right. I was, he was I always there, so. he was he was the captain. And I remember I, I, I would go to Ranger games and that was the year when they had him and Jeff Skinner on the team. And those two were just absolutely incredible. And um yeah, I, I used to watch. I, I used to pay attention to Gabe Landeskog. I used to watch him in juniors, and now just seeing how far he's come and like yeah. where he is now compared to where he was back in junior when I first kind of watched him for the first time. It's just it it, it gives a whole other element to, to to watching the games and just following the sport. Yeah, opinion. there's one guy I'm rooting for. One of the least prospects is uh, Justin Brazo. I know oh, he's yeah. fairly low on the prospect chart. Played for North um, Bay, didn't he? He did, and he's from he's from here. Like he was, oh. my my wife was in almost every one of his classes through high school. Really? So that's like, come on, bud, you got to make it second break. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, also, I mean, he's a, he's a big body. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's got a good shot too. For, for from what I've heard, anyways. So uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's playing for the Marlies now, isn't he? He's graduated yeah. from the ECHL. So yeah, who knows. Maybe he'll so he make. Was his- undra- he was undrafted, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was Kyle Dubas called him called him up personally, and he had a few offers from some teams. Yep, because I think he won the scoring title that that year, or uh, at least goals wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had some some suitors, and uh, I think he was impressed of Kyle Dubas calling him. Yeah, yeah, and, for uh, sure. That would. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, when the GM of, you know. When an NHL GM, let alone the GM of like the most popular team in the NHL, personally calls you and says, "Hey, I want to sign you," I mean, that's got to leave a lasting impression on you. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he can make it. I used to uh, in uh, NHL like 2010 or whatever. I would go into my prospect system and I would edit all the players I liked. I would edit their potential oh, yeah. to the friggin' highest possible. <laughs> yeah. Like you remember Christian Hansen and uh I put him highest potential and then uh, Luca Caputi. Mm-hmm. A lot oh, of yeah. those guys I wanted to work out <laughs> never worked out. I really liked Nikolai Kuleman a lot. Yeah. Yeah I, Nikolai I miss Kuhlman him. was uh yeah he was he was an exciting player, especially in the season he scored thirty goals. Yeah. Um, uh, Jonas Gustafsson was a guy I thought he was going to be awesome. And, oh, uh, I think everyone thought he was going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think they were like, "All right, we got a a, a tall Swede. We'll try a, a a tall Finn now." And they got. Do you remember UC Rhinus? I do remember UC Rhinus. Yes, sir. Do you know what he's doing now? I have no idea. Actually, let me let me pull up the old <laughs> let me pull up the old Google and see if I can verify this for us. I think he was somewhat recently playing in the uh, 
playing in the Dallas Stars system. I don't think he was actually playing for the team, but okay. Uh, let me see. Okay, so he's currently playing for Longchamping HC of the SHL. So he's still playing. And uh, oh yeah, okay. So he was not in the NHL recently. He last played for the Dallas Stars in 2014-15. So that's a good. Oh six man, years. that's a good six years ago at least seven maybe. Um, he, he's put up some. <laughs> he put up some real nice numbers in uh, in the uh, in the Finnish league. So in the past couple of years, his last uh, his last season in Finland in 2018-19, he had a 162 goals against average and a 930 save percentage. So. That's a little interesting. Bring him, bring him back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, um, uh, Artur, how do you say his name? Artur Aktiamov. Uh, yeah, yeah. How's he doing? Um, so that's a good question. I shouldn't have put my phone down. Let me go check again. Um, I think he was. He had some pretty underrated stats coming out of the MHL when the Leafs drafted him. Um, I'm not sure how he did this past year, though. Did you just see that clip of him friggin' clapping Buddy in the head with his blocker? I don't think I did, no. That sounds hilarious, though, and I feel like Someone's I need to watch that clip and now. He, he punched him in the head with his blocker. Good. <laughs> okay, so Aktiamov spent most... Yeah, he's putting up some good numbers, too. Um, he put up uh, one in the VHL... He played 14. He, sp- he split the league, but or sorry, he split the season between uh, the MHL, the VHL, and the KHL. And I think the VHL is sort of like Russia's equivalent of the AHL. Okay. So he put up a 190 save, per- or sorry, a 190 goals against average and a 927 save percentage in 14 games. So that's, Rus- that's Russia's AHL. He only played three games in the KHL, but uh, you know, I'd have to imagine he's probably going to get more starts there next year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, still only 19 years old. He can end up being a solid, solid prospect for sure. So I was, I was pretty sh- I don't know why I, I deluded myself into thinking the Leafs were somehow going to get Askarov last draft. Oh, I was really <laughs> open for that. Yeah, that's your Twitter <laughs> handle, eh? It is. I love it. <laughs> I can cha- change it, but you guys both have you guys both have the beard game going on. Does he have a big beard? I think he. I, I'm pretty sure he does. Okay, he's got one of those uh, one of those Amish looking beards. I think though, um, like Line A. So <laughs> well, a little more. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can find a picture of him. Okay, maybe I was maybe I was wrong because he's every picture I'm seeing of him right now he's clean shaven. But I remember at the World Juniors for sure he had a beard. He had a good beard going. Okay. So yeah. So um, where where do you sit on the spectrum of analytics and eye test? Um, to be completely honest, I think that in order to properly judge a player, you got to have a little bit of both. And if I'm going to be uh, straight, super straightforward with you, I think that's, that's probably the only right answer out there. I think if I, you, I would agree. I think if you judge a player entirely based on the eye test, then we would have a team full of Nick Ritchie's and Tyler Biggs skating around right now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you were to judge a player solely based on analytics, then you for, you're forgetting an entire aspect of the game. I don't think anyone out there is raving over Patty Maroon's analytics. And look at him, he won three cups in a row, right? Yeah. So I, I think you got to have a little bit of both. Um, I, I think I think analytics tell a big part of the story, but... Personally, I, I also think you got to have a little bit of uh, you got to have a little bit of the eye. T- 
the eye test in there because in the end, I, and you know what? If I if I can actually cite this, the movie Moneyball is a perfect example of this. Yeah, about how uh, about how Brad Pitt came in and he wanted to build the he wanted to build the Oakland A's simply based off of analytics, and they went on this crazy run, but then they lost in the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean. That I think that's really what it comes down to for me. I think you got to have a healthy balance of both analytics and uh, the eye test because, you know, as much as analytics tell a big part of the story, in the end, nobody cares what your what your expected goals per sixty is or what your course was if you lose in the first round, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I think there, there there's definitely uh, lots to be said about both in that sense. So I used to be really against them. Um, and that's because my only exposure to it was from reading Tanner's articles on Editor and Leaf before <laughs> I wrote there. And I used to be uh, one of the guys in the comments. I wouldn't be personally attacking like lots of the guys do in there, but I'd be arguing with them. Yeah. And I don't remember one day it's just something clicked in my head. Like, and I, I, it was Jake Gardner. That's what it was. Cause I did Ooh, not man. like, yep. I didn't like Jake Gardner. Um, but the one season, it might've been his last season here. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching him and I'm like, I haven't noticed him turning the puck over very much this season. And I was like, I, I, I don't mind him this season at all. And then I wanted to go look at some numbers and, the giveaway stats uh, reflected that he hadn't been given the puck away very much. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at the Corsi stats, which I didn't understand. Yeah. And then something just kind of flicked there a little bit and uh, ended up starting writing. I w- and then I was, I was way more analytics because it was like fresh, right? Mm-hmm. I've walked that back a bit. To about where you are, like you gotta have, you gotta, you gotta have both. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, if I actually, if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure Jake Gardner was the sole perpetrator in starting the analytics versus eye test debate because all the old time fans and all the all the guys that grew up watching Don Cherry and all the guys that grew up watching guys go out like go out there and as long as you could throw a punch, you could dress in an NHL game. They all hated Jake yeah. Gardner. Yeah. But then you've got all these new generation fans that are looking at his analytics and they're sitting there with their calculators and their spreadsheets. And they're like, Oh, it's actually the, the, the stats say that he does not give the puck away or the team controls the puck more when he's on the ice and stuff. And yeah. then that just that I, looking back, my first introduction to analytics was uh, right around the time, like Jake Gardner's peak in Toronto. And I think yeah. it was because of him because the analytics guys loved him and the eye test guys hated him. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was uh, he was definitely a polarizing topic on that subject for sure. I, I have a theory that the fire doofus crowd, the the baghead brigade, and all that, mm-hmm. their hatred for Kyle Dubas is just a projection of all the people they've been arguing with on, on Twitter for years. <laughs> he's he's what he's what they wanted. Like yep. the analytics people wanted Dubas and he got in mm-hmm. and they fucking hate him because they've been arguing with people who th- think probably similarly about analytics and they're like 
I hate these fucking kids. Yeah. You know, and the stupid <laughs> the, the stupid part about that is that people there's there's this stigma around Kyle Dubas where people seem to think that he is this analytics geek who only cares about what the what the fucking spreadsheet says and what his yeah. like what the what the calculator says. But that he's not that that's not the case at all. Like Kyle Dubas has said before, it's like analytics are just a piece of the puzzle. Like yeah. his his use of analytics is what piqued the Leafs' interest. To if if I recall correctly, that's what they. Uh, part of the reason they brought him in because, you know, you've got this in a, in an era where the Leafs are kind of like trying to clean up the messes left by Brian Burke and Dave Nonas, who are both very notable eye test guys. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, you've got Kyle Dubas coming in here. Who's he's, he's kind of taking a different approach at the game and he's taking, uh, he, he's considering the analytical uh, factor. And he was one of the first GMs in the league to really put a lot of stock into that. So um, having said that, and because of that, he gets this rap that he's, only anal- he's only for analytics. He's not for the eye test or anything else, and that's not true. He like he does a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. That's how it's got to be. Yeah, for sure. So um, another thing. Um, oh, fell off. <laughs> my headphones just slipped right off my head. Say that again, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so another uh, question I have. You're one. You you are one of the guys on Twitter following like Jays and Raptors too, eh? Mostly, not really the Raptors. I'm I'm trying to make an effort, a conscious effort to get back into, or not back into. I guess I was never really into it, but I'm trying to make a conscious effort to get into basketball this year. Um, but yeah, the Leafs and the Jays are without a doubt my two teams. So so baseball, yes. So I don't know how you do it. For one. I don't think I could watch another sport because watching 82 games, my wife's kind of like, holy fuck, that's a lot of games. <laughs> Add baseball into the mix. But yeah. even even that aside, it's just hockey is so fast-paced. I don't mm-hmm. – I tried to watch a basketball game one time, and I just – I couldn't do it. In baseball, I haven't even tried because I just mm-hmm. – I think – for baseball, because I, 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 I've had this same conversation with a lot of people, for baseball, you got to appreciate it for what it is instead of going into it and thinking that it's trying to, and, and going into it with the expectations that you'd have for hockey. I'll put it that way. So you can't go into watching a baseball game expecting it to be full of action and, and it played at a high pace and everything because it's quite the opposite. It's really like most of the guys are just standing still for, for, for the better part of the game, right? But... Yeah. I will say that baseball is just a very, very in-depth and a very, very um, interesting sport. I mean, if you're if you're completely new to baseball and you sit down and watch a game, all you see is a guy throwing a ball and a guy hitting a ball. But if you actually take time to sit down and pay attention to the sport and actually like listen to the commentators and watch the game, um, you, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of get an understanding for why you would use certain pitches in certain situations and uh, why you would send certain guys out uh, to pinch hit or to pinch run in certain situations. And there's just, there's a lot that goes into the game. It's definitely one of the more complicated sports, but once you get yeah. into it and you understand how everything works, it's, I love it. I, I, I try not to miss any Jays games. My Especially this year. Just, yeah, I see all the tweets. This Vladdy guy must oh, be good. Vladdy, in my and you know what, hot take right now, but Vladdy is the most likable athlete in Toronto as it stands. Mm. He is putting up. He is putting up uh, historical numbers. He's on a historical pace, and he's my age. That should tell you all you need to know. So the only thing I know about him is he's a thick boy. Oh, is he ever? But man, he can. 
he is a he is an athletic boy at the same time. He knows how to he knows how to hit the ball out of the park. Well, I think maybe if I uh went to a Jays game in person. Yes. That that would that would help too. Make me a little more excited. Mm-hmm. That would one hundred percent help. Ticket too. prices with Jays versus Leafs. Ugh. Jays tickets are much more or sorry, much uh uh, much cheaper than Leafs tickets for sure. Leaf tickets are you got to pretty much take out a second mortgage on your house if you want to yeah. buy Leaf tickets. But um, Jays tickets, I think uh, I, I normally I'll normally get like seats in the uh, uh, in the five hundreds when I go, which is like super super high up. And but you still yeah. get a good view of the game. And I've gotten tickets for as cheap as like fifteen bucks for that. Oh wow! So yeah, I I think typically it's a little more expensive. Also depends on the opponent. Like if it's the Yankees in town or the Red Sox, then it'll probably be a little more expensive. But yeah, um, most for the most part, the tickets are cheap. Like you won't have to you won't have to completely destroy your bank account to buy a ticket to a game. And you are yeah. right. Like watching games in person definitely helps. I mean, the atmosphere is a lot more exciting. I, I get to. I've probably been to. Four, five NHL games. Mm-hmm. Um, one at the ACC. The rest were all at school. Uh, what's the name of the Sens Arena there? Canadian Tire Center? Uh, yes, Canadian Tire Center. La- last time I went, I think it was last time I went, I got kicked out after the first. <laughs> I was... Please tell I me wasn't, why. Well, so I was having a couple beers, but I mean, I wasn't drinking that much, but I... Me on the couch at home, I'm freaking out during games. So in person, it's like way more exaggerated. Right. But isn't it? Plus, when I got there, some Sens fans stole my fucking seats. I got that, oh, but boy. I'm just the whole game. I'm going fuck yeah, fuck yeah, like just screaming. And then <laughs> I went to uh, went to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom. I've got. I forget if I had a beer in one hand or if I had a beer in both hands. Either way, there's beer there. And the security guard says to me, excuse me, sir, are you intoxicated? And I look at him, look at my beer, look back at him. I'm like, well, a little bit. He's looking at me holding a beer. I'm not going to say no while I'm literally drinking beer. Yeah, right. And uh, then he's like, you got to go. Oh, my God. Come on! <laughs> Does that guy like that? <laughs> drunk, drunk fans are a staple at sports games. Yeah, that, I think that I doesn't even, just, that, that doesn't make oh. sense. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I've never heard of someone getting kicked out of a hockey game for for being even a little bit intoxicated, yeah. unless they're causing a disturbance because of the alcohol. I guess I was too loud. I, I guess I you're, not a, made a big you're at a hockey and... game, man. You're not at a library. Like fuck. <laughs> You not know, many fans make, in Ottawa. Oh, fuck, yeah, maybe maybe that's the case. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up, uh, well, I took a bus to go there because I was staying at a friend's on the other end of Ottawa, not in Canada. But mm-hmm. I was so mad, I took a cab back and it ended up being like an $80 cab ride. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so you paid 80 lost, bucks. Like, oh, that yeah. sucks, man. They lost anyways, so... Uh, Every game I've been to except for that one, they won. The first one I went to was 7-3 Leafs versus Tampa at the ACC. Oh, yeah. 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 First game, was- I, first game I ever went to was uh, uh, day before Christmas Eve in 2006. I went to see Leafs and Capitals at ACC. 
And they uh, win? no, they lost. Unfortunately, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was still an exciting game. I mean, I was obviously heartbroken because I was a fucking seven year old at the time, right? But um, I, I got to see Alex Ovechkin. It was one of. I don't think it was his rookie season. I think it was his sophomore season. But he was one of the best. He was he was the talk of the town at that point. So I got yeah. to see him there in Washington and wearing those old like white, brown, and blue jerseys with the eagle on the front. Those are beautiful. I know. I, lo- I love those jerseys. Uh, it was a great game. I got to see Matt Sundin score twice. So, yeah, yeah. And they still lost. They did. Yeah, three two. But it was. Uh, <laughs> I got to. I got to go back. I, I think I went back for another game that same season. Actually, I went with my mom, and uh, they beat Tampa Bay. So yeah. I got to see one win that year. Leafs always seem to do well against Tampa Bay. Yeah, for whatever reason. Um, Coolest game I ever saw, I think, though, was in 2009. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Or, sorry, 2008, actually. It was the 2008-09 season. Um, I don't know if you remember the game when the New York Rangers were in town and the Leafs scored, like, five goals in the last seven minutes and won 5-2. I think I remember that because I think I watched the Steve Dangle reaction The LFR? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There were... Here, I'll I'll, t- I'll give you a little factoid about that game that might jog your memory. That was the game when John Mitchell scored his first two NHL goals. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now, was that a Saturday? Yes, it would have been. Okay. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched that game for sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, it was back a lot then, of fun. Too, I could only watch at that age. I could only watch on Saturdays because we didn't have TSN or Sportsnet. Oh, So I could okay, only so. watch Hockey Night in Canada. Right. And every other game, I would listen to it on AM 640 yep. in my room on a friggin' SpongeBob alarm clock. And I'd have to <laughs> friggin' move the dial all oh. the time. There's a, there, the- you know, there's a certain level of charm to doing that, though. I, I, <laughs> I missed it. I, 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 I never, I mean, you know, growing up, my, I did, I was able to watch TSN and Sportsnet, so I didn't. I didn't often listen to the radio unless I was in the car or something, but I've definitely listened to games on the radio before, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It's nice having Joe Bowen's voice. Oh, yeah. I miss Joe Bowen. Me too. He used to be on Sportsnet, eh? Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that. Him and uh, Jim Ralph. Yeah, they both got a they both. I like Jim's voice as well. Mm-hmm. He's got a good, good radio voice. Yeah, 100%. Well, anyways, Alex, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and I've gone through all the questions anyways, so uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, wish you well in, in progressing through your radio and your writing ranks. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on the show today. I had a lot of fun, and I'm happy to come back on sometime. Um, and and uh, you're my first remote remote guest. So first remote this was, guest. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. It's have a honor. good night. Yep, Have thanks, a good night, man. Alex. Thanks, Catch dude. You later. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for listening, folks. Once again, had a blast recording. Um, we've been following each other on Twitter for a little over three years now. I uh, used to write together on editorandleaf.com. Great guy. Always love what he has to say on Twitter. Um, and considering he has his own podcast, I thought I'd love to have him on here. And uh, I did. He pretty professional guy uh hope to have him on again hope you guys liked it and uh, i just want to let you guys know um i'm planning on doing a true crime episode uh not next week perhaps the week after that so keep your eyes and your ears peeled and like rate share comment subscribe show your grandma thanks for listening folks